right, you're now listening to Love Monday Watch, where I'm always standing on watch for you against bad movies. I'm Philip Powell. And I'm Nicholas Allen. Tonight's film is Warcraft. Our world is dying. There is nothing to go back to. If our people are to survive, we must make a home here. Whatever happens. Whatever happens. If we do not unite, our world will perish. This doesn't need to happen. There is one who may help us. For orcs, there is no other life but war. No, but with the humans' help, there could be. Why are you here? To save our people. In this film, the orcs, led by the evil Gul'dan, come to a place similar to Earth. <laughs> Or maybe it is Earth. I'm not sure. Uh, the name of the realm was, what is it, Ardos or something like, something like it's that? It's someone with an AI. But they come to a realm somewhere <laughs> to Earth because their planet is dying. Among the orcs is Duratan, a noble orc who looks to do what's best for his people. Golden is evil, like a sorcerer. Mm -hmm. And they've come to a realm like Earth in order to take it over and make it theirs, which puts them in a clash with the humans, led by. King Lane, I'm going to call him, played by mm -hmm. Dominic Cooper, who also has a guy at his side, Lothar, who's like the best soldier or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they he's see... He's like the head knight. Is yeah. His official position. Head of the King's Guard, I guess. Yeah. Call it. He's a dick. Doesn't matter. And... Uh, <laughs> you like that kid? Well, we'll talk about okay, it. Okay, we'll talk about and, it. And... Along the way, they also get help from... You know what? We're not going to go into all that yet. Okay. That's the main plot. The orcs uh, trying to take the human world, but not all the orcs are on the same page. Some of the orcs think that what they're doing is wrong and that maybe they should fight to live in harmony with the humans instead, which is where Duratan comes in. Mm -hmm. So what did you think of Warcraft? Uh, it's a mixed bag. I guess I'll start with the stuff I liked. I really like the orc stuff. Like the way they visualized him and the characterization, especially of Dorothy. He was... Uh, Dorothy. Excuse me, Dorothy. To me, he was the most relatable character yes. in this movie, which is a testament to not only the effects work, but who, he got the most characterization. Who, by the way, that's mo-capped by Toby Kebbell. Oh, okay. Known I saw he was in the cast. I was like, I didn't see him. I like, wasn't facially, sure which one so he I was. thought he had to be one of the orcs. Yeah. And I, yeah, he, he's very reliable. He's a family man trying to do his best for his family. Yep. And I got that. And I uh, also like Paula Patton's care. She's kind she of stuck between both words. Yeah, her cat is kind of a half-breed. They don't really half explain orc, how, yeah. but she's half orc, half human. I'm assuming she's kind of the bridging point. The best I could assume is that it was probably a human male and an orc female. Probably, yeah. Because yeah. the orc female seemed to well, be smaller yeah, than the Well, yeah, because she mentioned it yeah. to the mage guy that they killed her mother, so it had to be a human male and a female orc. Because she mentioned it when yeah. they were all talking about their backstory and um, Certain yeah. scene where we're at a fire. She mentions that, yeah, they burned my mother. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's a human male. Slept with an orc, female orc. Yeah. Somehow, and she was born. Oh, you know, the humans will find a way. If it's an alien um, that looks halfway attractive, yeah. The main human I kind of have mixed feelings about. They try to give him pay. Uh, wait, no. You're talking about Lothar? 
Yeah, what's the motion word? I know it's patho, estos, and... I think it's... Which one is the emotions? I think it's pathos. Yeah. They <laughs> Don't try to get pathos. And he should feel as important as Dothar because he's the one character that kind of knows everybody. But because the other human characters, the King, Dominic Cooper, his sister, Ruth Naga, uh, the main guardian mage guy, Ben Foster, because they're so underdeveloped, you don't really get that. Yeah, and the second half of the movie really relies on you really being invested in the human side of things. And I was invested in some of the human side. The only thing is that there's this conflict between Lothar and his son, mm-hmm. where his son is trying to impress him, so yeah. he continues to be reckless and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, ah, ah. it's, it's Hollywood, it's blatant from 300. We already saw. Yeah, we know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, like. So well, and a bunch of movies, War of the Worlds. Like, yeah, it's 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 no, cool. not War of the Worlds, because you remember the bullshit that happened in War well, of the Worlds okay. that got around that. Well, yeah, you know. but yeah, it's one of those things where I think the scene was really well done, yeah, build up for it, but it's just you don't feel that emotion. Yeah, yeah, because that's not like, oh. developed. Yeah. Enough. Now I'm gonna start by saying I actually like this movie a lot. Okay. I do feel it's a mixed bag, but I don't feel like it detrimented the movie for me. I haven't played Warcraft. I don't know if you have. Um, I played the first game a long time ago. That's Warcraft. Yeah, that's what this Warcraft, movie is Not World of Warcraft. Yeah, piece. that's what this movie Because I know it's similar on. mythology, but yeah, I played the, and I played other Blizzard games like Diablo and Starcraft. Yeah, I'm a fan of the company Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah, this is supposed to be an adaptation of the original Warcraft, yeah. what you played, not World of Warcraft. So, so yeah, I knew about the whole orc human war thing. It's simple. This is yeah, yeah. this is basically the plot of the first game, and even though it kind of took, I me knew a, some of the like some of the mythology they explained. That, I understood. That's like, the thing. It took me a minute to like understand some of the mythology. Yeah, like I'll be honest. Powers. Like the first twenty minutes of this was a slog for me because it literally felt like you watching somebody play a game and you're just seeing the cutscenes, but none of the action but once the plot gets going it starts to get going oh yeah moves forward but yeah i'll admit the first like 20 to 40 minutes of this was a slog because they're throwing a bunch of terms at you and a bunch of names and not much character development outside of orcs so you're just kind of Trying to catch up. Well, I felt like Paula Patton had a decent amount of character. Well, yeah, her. Her and, uh... Well, I will consider her an orc character, even though she's both. She's half and half. And Khadgar, who is a character that I liked, he's like a young mage, played by... Yeah, I thought that was interesting, him kind of... Because he... His whole backstory, he's kind of a mage... Who was giving up for adoption? I guess that's how it kind of works in his universe, kind of like the Jedi and Star yeah. Wars. You just if kids show the potential, you just kind of drop them off and be a horrible a parent. Honor. Yeah, yeah. So he kind of ran off, and he's kind of the audience avatar character because he's kind of picking up certain stuff and he explains certain stuff to the main characters. Like, yeah, this is what's really going on. Yeah. And so, a lot of it, it takes a lot of getting used to. It does. But the visuals are absolutely phenomenal in this movie. Like, how did you see this movie? Uh, 
because of the time constraints, I saw a regular non-3D. But I I wanted to see it in IMAX. I just dude. You know. Yeah, dude. Like I honestly, I'm probably gonna see this again at some point. Shit. Just to see it, I, cause I yeah. might go again tomorrow. Fuck that. <laughs> well, like, we could. I ain't got nothing to do. That IMAX viewing. Oh but, my yeah, god. I, I figured you saw the IMAX, and yeah, even in just normal 3D, yeah, the visuals are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. and another thing, I really like the score, especially the main oh, yeah. theme. It has like this booming kind of ominous. Feel to it where it almost feels like more of a theme for like a horror movie than a fantasy epic, but I liked it because yeah. it and they played it at certain times to help build the tension. So, and then another thing with the orcs, I appreciate it to compare this to another fantasy series. The Hobbit, the CGI characters had weight, <laughs> the orcs moved like big eight foot giant wood, which is slow and methodical, which but. I guess for some people might make. Certain action scenes kind of boring. I didn't think no. they were boring, but I thought they were exciting. But for some people, they probably want more action. But to me, this is better than something like The Hobbit, which is just CGI overload. No weight to the characters. You know, I was waiting for that because I was like, like the, I'm curious. There's no impact. I'm curious if you would prefer this over The Hobbit movies. I do. <laughs> and like, and that's saying a lot because I am. More invested gone in into that mythology than this one, but Yeah, I was prepared to come here and be like, <laughs> So Phil about those Hobbit movies and I'm kinda like, huh. No, I, I mean I it. kinda get like there is obviously those typical fancy tropes, but I think to critics comparing this just saying this is a Lord of Rings clone, I think it's really unfair. Cause hey, those tropes have been in fantasy before the Lord of the Rings yeah. even existed. <laughs> Yeah, they're just critics. common fantasy jokes. That's just what it is. We're kind of critics, but we're ever. But I, I mean, I get it because the main conflict does boil down to humans versus orcs. It is similar in that way, but the that's it. The details are different. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The in between is different. Of the there's there's no. Well, <laughs> I guess there is an eagle, but it's not like the Lord of the Rings. Well, eagles. yeah, and. Which that I already knew from the games. are They're going to put in the mounts because obviously this was made especially for the fans. Yeah. Not exclusively for them, but especially for the fans to the point where, yeah, I can see some people, like you said, finding this a really jarring experience. Like, it was fun, but it was really jarring because I didn't know any of this mythology going in. That gives room for improvement on the second viewing. Yeah. And the orc storyline, it can't be stated enough how compelling that part of the movie <laughs> is. And the other thing I like about the Especially movie in general is that even though we harp on the fact that the character arc, well, the arc between Lothar and his son is pretty predictable, and you know where that's heading, mm-hmm. the movie still has its fair share of surprises where things happen where I was like, oh, wow, really? 3D really pops. It's probably the best IMAX 3D film I've seen since Avatar. Okay, wow. All right. That is super high praise. Yeah. Now, maybe it's just me, but I was kind of like, yeah, this is pretty immersive to me. Even better than Pacific Rim, because we also really liked the 3D in that, and that was awesome. The 3D popped a lot more in this movie, because Pacific Rim had 3D that popped. Yeah. But... It didn't, like, there's scenes where you have the Guardian, Medivh, played by Ben Foster, mm-hmm. and he's summoning lightning, 
it feels like you're like in the middle of that where it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Whereas Pacific Rim, it's like, oh yeah, we see water effects and stuff and a couple things come flying at the screen, but it doesn't feel like you're there. Whereas with this movie, it feels more like you're there in the middle of it. And I thought the battle scenes were really well done. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for them to, oh, shaky cam is coming. Never oh. happened. A lot of just tracking shots and stuff like that that mm-hmm. I thought was pretty cool. And it's actually, I think they do the John Carter thing where they skate across and get a PG-13 rating because it is yeah. a fucking violent movie for yeah, PG-13. Yeah. But they get across by having the blood not be red yeah. because there's a yeah, lot of orc This dust. is much more violent than The Hobbit. Yes. And there's a lot of violence, but... Which they is kind of weird. Like, not that we review for kids, but would you take a kid to see this? I kind of feel like the first nah. hour would be too boring for them, and then the action is, especially for a kid under 10, I feel like the action might be a little much for them. Plus, like I said, they I can see a kid being really bored by the first day. Well, then there's things <laughs> in there, too, that might scar a kid, like <laughs> Golden taking the soul of a deer to yeah. bring a baby back to life. It's like, well, fuck, yeah. man. That deer wasn't bothering nobody. Why'd you do well, that? Well, but I like that they established the rules early for that whole yeah. magic system. Like, it kind of relies on life and... Yeah. All that. When the CGI on that baby, I'm like, is it a bad thing that the baby looks more realistic than the baby from Twilight? What, what's <laughs> up with that? Yeah, it did. Because it looked like they actually mo-capped a real baby. Because usually with movies like this, when you have the CG characters, they as real as they might look, the mouth movements is always what makes or breaks it. And the mouth movements usually aren't good. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're like, okay, that takes me out of the movie. Yep. It's a good effect, but uh-huh. it doesn't blend well with reality. So, you know, whatever. Where with this, like with the orcs, and that baby, like, all the mouth movements were on point where it's like, wow, this is just seamless. Mm-hmm. Like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and so on. One thing I will say is that the movie does sequel bait it does. at the end. But I figured, because I looked it up after uh, this came out, and this apparently is subtitled in certain places, the first chapter, Warcraft, semicolon, the first chapter. Which I'm fine. And it felt like... Because I'm like, there's no way, even though this movie is two hours plus, I'm like, there's no way they could pay all of this stuff that they Because there's some stuff that they resolve, but I'm like, there's, <laughs> yeah, there's way too much that's going to still be left. So, which I'm fine with where they chose to end the movie, because I'm like, oh yeah, there's a whole yeah, lot that you can bring up with the next installment. Note, yeah, so. I look forward to another But yeah, I thought you were going to say something about the main dude. I could see some people saying his performances wouldn't. I took him more as the actor. Talk about Lothar. Yeah. The, he's kind of a kid that's kind of carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders. So yeah, I kind of took just, it as that. But I could I could see why somebody yeah, he, would say he was dry and flat, and hence the human stuff was dry and flat for them. Yeah, he was just kind of a dick to me. Okay. He, he just seemed that he didn't have a lot of respect for other people besides, like, the Guardian, because him and the Guardian go way back. Uh-huh. But, like... Katgar, he treats him like shit for the majority of the movie. Garona, he treats her like shit for the first little half. And, which then they try to build something out of that, which I'm like, I'm glad you guys didn't go all the way with that. You only came halfway because it 
didn't seem earned if you guys would have went all the way with that. Also, shouldn't he have a wife? He had a son, or maybe she died. That's know. what they mentioned. Oh, okay. That uh, that was part of his backstory. That that's the reason why he treats his son like shit because she died in childbirth. Oh, so he basically put all that shit on the son, which is why I'm like, that's further reason why you're a dick because it's not the son's fault. He didn't ask to be Well, here. I took it as more he was trying to protect his son. Because his son was a little too eager to fight like dude. Well, that too. Yeah. You you have red shirt written all over you. Like, don't be so <laughs> eager. Like, but, calm, calm to but this, please dad. But that's the reasoning for all of that. That's the reason why he's so eager to please his dad and uh, to show okay. how good so he is. To prove his worth okay. because his dad basically considers him like a piece of shit because, oh, you killed my wife. It's like... It takes two people. Well, but I don't think he cared about him because there's that scene after the first battle where his son is in the hospital and he's like, no, take care of yourself. You're all I have left. Yeah, but it kind of was like half-assed. I'm like, Mm, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I want to beat your ass, but since you're injured, I'm going to leave you alone. I think it's just, like I said, the way that kid was written and directed, it's kind of hard. Yeah. Maybe you should have just got his doppelganger, Chris Pratt, to be in the role. (laughs) Because the actor is Travis Fimmel, I think. Yeah, mm. Fimmel. Who has uh, been in? Uh, let's see. Because he looks like the main guy from Hell on Wheels. I don't know if it is the same. <laughs> no, he's from Vikings, though. Oh, okay. I figured it was one of those. One of those kind of. All of his movies, I've never seen any of these. Pure Country 2, Restraint, Ivory, The Experiment. Wow, yeah, this is like his first major feature. Yeah, so Duncan Jones really took a risk there. Yeah. And I, I guess we'll see if it pays off. Well, you know the movie is doing like a killing in China. And right well, now... Well, yeah, I, I figured, because I think it got released there first. Yeah, but only like a couple days. Oh, okay. I think like Tuesday it came oh, out okay. there. But yeah, just in two days the movie made... And like, I, this is the type of American movie that would do well there. It's minimal dialogue and... Some good-looking visuals. And especially since China, from seeing 3D Chinese movies, they aren't nearly as advanced as us in 3D. I'm sure for them, the 3D is like a real treat. Like, oh, my God, people can do this with 3D? Yeah. It's like, uh, yeah, with American budgets, yeah. Yeah. uh, Because 3D, I think, was only introduced over there, I think, like five or six years ago. It's still a fairly new thing. Well, yeah, it was doing... And you could tell if you watch some of the 3D movies they have that are on Netflix, but not in 3D, like Jet Li's little movie series. You could tell, like, ooh, yeah, the 3D that was here is very primitive. (laughs) It's basically like that 70s, like, ooh, a sword is poking through the screen. (laughs) Or, ooh, that debris just flew. I think it stands a pretty good chance... Oh, yeah, it sounds a fantastic chance of having a better worldwide gross than any video game movie. Because right now it's the fourth yeah, highest probably. grossing. It, it's, well, hold on. Here's the thing. I don't know how popular Warcraft is in Asia, but I know Blizzard's other games. Starcraft is, like, huge in Asia. They well, have a whole pro-gaming thing of that. Well, well here's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> the movie is on track, I think, to make at least $30 because it did, mm-hmm. like, 10 yesterday. Three million of that came from like Thursday night showings. Mm-hmm. So already, that's just in North America though. Like ten million for Friday in North yeah. America. 
already on a worldwide basis that's 276. Oh. Right now, the highest grossing video game movie worldwide was The Prince of Persia with 336. That's what I figured. So 336, I think it could pass that easily. Mm-hmm. And then second place is like Resident Evil Afterlife with 296, and mm-hmm. then Angry Birds with 290. Even though Angry wow. Birds is currently still out there, its audience is dying down versus Warcraft that well, just yeah, came out this weekend. Because there's other kids' movies coming. <laughs> yeah. And I had no interest in that anyway, so. Nope. I'm hoping it tanks. But it's not tanking. Nope. So it'll probably make Angry Birds 2 and 3 because it's Hollywood. Yep. But yeah, uh, ratings. Uh, yeah, I would give this a mad night because I did. I really enjoyed the orc stuff. Kobe Kevill compared to his last movie, which was the abysmal fan forestic. I don't remember that movie. You redeemed yourself. I didn't see that. <laughs> where he was the worst Doctor Doom ever. Really? Huh. <laughs> I I might go as far. Nah, I can't say you the worst supervillain ever because you still got like the red skull from the nineties Captain America. I didn't see that movie either. And that crappy villain in the Dolph Lundgren punch. <laughs> I didn't see that one either. But, uh, <laughs> Three movies I haven't seen. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, the orc stuff I thought was really, really strong. The human stuff I thought was a little underdeveloped, but the action carried it through. And, uh, yeah, overall, enjoyed this. Yeah, I'm going to give it a high mat name. I really enjoyed it. Uh, going into it, you know, fish out of water, never played Warcraft. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a welcome addition to the fantasy genre. It was something different for once, mm-hmm. rather than the same old song and dance that you get with the Lord of the Rings movies, which tend to be really the only fantasy films we get these days. Either Lord of the Rings or mm-hmm. the Harry Potter universe. Yep. And so and this is... film and then Game of Thrones on TV and that's it. Yeah. So... This was a welcome addition. The 3D was fantastic. Like they tried to revive it with stuff like Dracula Untold, but usually those movies end up being major disappointments. So it's like that's because of dumb decisions they make along yeah. the way. They only commit <laughs> halfway to, think, to the idea. Or the Seventh Seal stuff like that is just kind of tossed out. You mean the Seventh Son? Yeah, excuse me, yeah. Seventh Son. <laughs> Wasn't Jeff Bridges in that movie? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> just damn. Basically doing his same performance he's been doing for the last four years since True Grit. And R.I.P.D., which is <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, Rooster Cobb. Oh, that movie. <sighs> Fuck that movie. I, yeah, well, at least we can be happy that movie flopped and is never getting the sequel. Or is it? <laughs> I don't think so, because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds would be like, oh, no, I'm good. I got Deadpool. I'm we'll just recast you. Hey, no, my, my wife has this new horror movie, which looks interesting. The, the movie about the shark. Yeah. I, I didn't see the trailer for it. I'm like, it's a movie about a shark. If it's not Jaws <laughs> and it's not Meg, well, I don't care. Well, I thought the first trailer was interesting. But I admit, the second trailer where they actually show you the shark probably shows oh, they, you way too oh, much. They, I'm <laughs> like, you almost gave away basically the whole movie now. <laughs> Ooh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I mean, maybe you'll feel differently if you watch it. But I'm like, yeah, I kind of wish I didn't see this trailer. Because the first trailer had me at least intrigued. I'm like, okay, Blake Lively doing something different. Well, they can always replace Ryan Reynolds with Dave Franco for R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, that'd be an interesting movie. And, uh, damn, what was the last movie Jeff Bridges did? I know he did something, but he kind of been chilling. So. That's good, because if you're just going to phone it in like R.I.P.D., you 
She's better off chilling at home. (laughs) True Grit was fine, though. Oh, yeah, that was really good. But R.I.P.D. No. But yeah, it's definitely worth seeing on the IMAX screen. Definitely. Did you say you're right? Yeah, it was a high matinee. Oh, okay. Yeah. High matinee. Definitely seen an IMAX. Like, I don't even know why the hell you would bother to try and watch it in standard 2D. (laughs) Unless you got a condition. Some people, you know, it's a group, or some people might take kids to this. Nah, fuck that. (laughs) Fuck that. Leave the kids at home. Or, if you want to be cheap, just don't go to the movie at all. See something else. Or, because since there's a bunch of movies, if you have, like, teenagers, tell them, well, I guess I would say tell them to see, well, actually, for teens, they might really like the contracts. <laughs> no, go see Now You See Me, too. No, fuck that. <laughs> don't go see that. But, yeah, I definitely, I say the only way to see this is IMAX. Yeah, I and I'm hoping that... When the Blu-ray comes out, it has Blu-ray 3D, and they don't do like they did with Everest, which is another movie that I really loved in IMAX, mm-hmm. even though I found this to be even more immersive than Everest. <laughs> and I wanted to buy Everest when it came out. Lo and behold, it came out on Blu-ray and DVD. They chose not to release a 3D copy of the movie at all, just a regular uh-huh. Blu-ray and a regular DVD. I'm like, wow. What a big middle finger to anybody that saw it in IMAX then. But yeah, definitely check this out. Alright, that concludes our review. Once again, we are a Love Midnight Watch, where our motto is Nothing Don't Watch for you against bad movies. You can find our show by searching iTunes for the Midnight Watch or just simply go to our main site, the Love Midnight Watch, all one word, com. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week for Central Intelligence. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>